0: In our previous year, we learned about how the mitzvah of Zohar as Yom HaShabbos can apply to different aspects of acknowledging and preparing for Shabbos, even earlier during the week. We also learned about how there is an added dimension of preparing, specifically on Arab Shabbos, since that ensures that our efforts are minkar, recognizable as being done l'chavod Shabbos, in Shabbos' honor. And this year we want to continue the discussion of Shabbos preparations. The Gemara in Masechah Shabbos, Daf Amir Aleph, as well as in Kiddushin Daf Mem Aleph Amir Aleph, describe the personal involvement of various Amoraim in Shabbos preparations. Rav Chizda was involved in singeing the animals, or others. Say Rav Safra was Machrich Resha. Mar says that Rava was Malach Shibuta, he salted the fish. Rabbi Rav Yosef, Tzalchei Tzivi, they would chop the wood and help make those Shabbos preparations. Rabbi Zaira would start uh, the fire. And we even learn about Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak, who was mechatev, mechatev that he would go back and forth schlepping and unloading things that were needed for Shabbos. And both the tour and the Shulchan after him in Simid Reish Nun tell us Umehem Yilmad kol HaAdam. And from these great Amoraim's personal involvement in Shabbos preparations, every person should learn about the importance and the need to be involved personally in Shabbos preparations. The Mishnah there in Sifkat and Dalid tells us that even if you have help and other people could do the work, even if you are important and choshov like these great rabbanim, nevertheless. There's still an obligation or a mitzvah, as we shall see in a moment, to be involved personally. In fact, as was just alluded to, the Rambam in Hilchel Shabbos actually does ascribe this idea of personal involvement as an obligation. He says, Everyone must. It's with this Rambam in the back of our mind, which we can appreciate that the lashon of the Shulchan Aruch, here in Simon Reis when he brings down this din, he says, adam, Every person should really try. Uh, the Bir HaLacha, I believe, may be the first to note this discrepancy and wonders what to make of it. However, he suggests that in fact there really is no Machlokas. The Bir HaLacha thinks it's impossible to imagine that there's an actual, actual Chiyuv. He says the Ramah couldn't have meant that. Rather, he says, it's kein chova. It's a really, really important thing, as if almost an obligation that each and every person should do at least one thing by himself to be involved in the Shabbos preparations. Whether one goes with the simple reading of the Rambam or the Shachararuch or the Bir Halachos understanding of the Rambam, obviously these formulations highlight the importance of personal involvement, and this is echoed in a comment that the Ramah makes in the next Simon, Simon Aleph, and Aleph, where he says that a person should even decrease somewhat the amount of Torah study that they do on Friday on Erev Shabbos in order to be able to help with the Shabbos preparations and to be involved on a personal level. There again, the Bir Halacha comments that even though perhaps this sounds very dramatic or extreme, would you say that it's worth being mivatel Torah for uh, personal involvement in I don't know buying the challah or sweeping the house or helping cook the food? And the Bir Halacha says, well, this is just simply derived from the stories that we saw in Shabbos and in Kiddushin because presumably mistama the Chachamim that were listed would have been learning had they not been involved in those particular pre-Shabbos tasks. And yet, as the Gemara clearly feels important to tell us, they were involved with those obligations. Hence, apparently it's not only important, but it's so important that it even would push off, at least somewhat, the mitzvah of Talmud Torah. Question is, what exactly is the nature of this mitzvah? Why? Why? Is Shabbos preparations, are Shabbos preparations so important? Why is personal involvement, more specifically in Shabbos preparations, so important that it may be a chiev, at least a ke'in chiev, or a and even pushes off Talmud Torah? So if one takes a look at the comments of the Mishnah here in Simon Reh it seems clear that he understands, and I would argue this is the simple understanding, that there is a personal chiev on each and every person, of kavod Shabbos, to be involved in the preparations of Shabbos so that we can have a proper experience and enjoyment of Shabbos the following day on Shabbos itself. Says the Mishnaburah, because there is a chi of al Kaladam v'adam on every person, if someone doesn't have any per- personal involvement, if someone does not participate at all and just delegates the preparations to family members or people who are working on your behalf. So then that, in essence, is a form of shlichus. It's the kind of mitzvah which, in fact, can be done, preparing the house, preparing the food, etc. These are all things that can be done by somebody else, and assuming that they're done, says the Mishnah Burah, then you'll have the mitzvah of having prepared your house, of having delicious food on Shabbos, etc., However, comes along the tour in the Shulchan Aruch, based on the Gemara, and tells us that it's mitzvah bo, yosrimi b'shlucho. Like any other example where we have a mitzvah that can be done via an agent, via a shaliach, it's still always better to have personal involvement. It shows your commitment, it shows your passion for the mitzvah, the benefits, spiritual and otherwise that the person gets from being involved in the mitzvah. All of these things are not going to happen if you just delegate it to someone else, even though it will be effective. Rather, mitzvah bo, yosr mi a person should be personally involved. The Aruch HaSholchan uh, here in Sif Gimel seems to agree with this. And he also notes that the, the Rambam's lashon of Chiyuv and similar to what we saw in the Bir Halacha, he doesn't take it literally. He says, really, what the Rama means is it's a, a hiddur. And it, it seems to me that the hiddur that he's referring to, the Hashanah doesn't say this explicitly, but it seems clear that once you take it out of a hiddur, what we're referring to is mitzvah bo, yosrami this idea, that we find that, and this is really the context of the Gemara in Masech HaSkidushin, that even mitzvahs that can be done via shliach. It's better if you do it yourself, mitzvah bo, yos But it's clear that mitzvah bo, the idea of being involved personally with the mitzvah, is not an actual chiyuv. The chiyuv is the mitzvah. Mitzvah bo is a hider, to use the Archa terminology. It's a benefit, it's an enhancement to be personally involved. It is worth noting, only because it's so striking, That uh, the Aruch Hashulchan says, despite the Gemara, despite the tour, despite the Shulchan Aruch, despite the Rishonim, the Rambam, he says in his own day, etzlenu nishotenu osos umachinos baatzman lchvod shabbos. He says, and again in the Aruch Hashulchan's day, the average Jew was certainly not rich enough to have any hired help, but he says in most of the cases, the men are not involved at all in Shabbos preparations. Rather, they just rely on their wives, and as the Aruch Hashulchan with creative. Limutschus on this minog of non participation, the ishto kegufo. That it's hard to know if he means this literally halachically or just as kind of a a more lame limutschus, if you forgive my expression. But uh, he says, well, you know, kind of, you know, by having your wife do it, uh, the man of the house, the husband, uh, so to speak, fulfills the mitzvah, ishto kegufo. Is, is the Arach really mean to say that that's better than general shlichos? That we don't say mitzvah bo'yosim b'shlucho because you asked your wife? I mean, that's, on the face of it, that's what the words mean. That it's not me asking a shliach, that would be asking the hired help or something like that. But ishtokagufo was is as if I'm actually doing it. Now, whatever the Arach really means, I don't know if I can know definitively, I have a hard time believing that he really uh, prescribes this as much as it is just a the best attempt he can come up with to defend uh, the minhag in his day. But whether the ar really meant it or not, you know, it's certainly very far from the simple understanding of the Gemara uh, and the stories which the rishonim go out of their way to quote, since, you know, it, most, if not all, of those Rabbanim were married. And if the reason that they were involved in these activities was, because they weren't married or had no one else who could help them, you would have expected people to say this. So it's hard to believe that that was what the Gemara was describing in the Rishonim, and yet the Racha as he often does in other contexts, is defending the minhag, which in this case at least seems to really be not in keeping with the higher aspiration of the Gemara. I would therefore say that I would not recommend Lachila relying on the Racha not only in Hilchos Shabbos, but probably not in Hilchos Shalom Bayis as well, Nevertheless, if a person's uh, personal schedule really prevents him completely from being involved at all, you know, maybe uh, either is out of town and shows up right before Shabbos or has such a difficult workday on Friday that ha- can't do anything Thursday night, Friday morning, I think that would be an extreme case. Okay, maybe, maybe there's what to rely on the Archer Maybe. Again, we're not talking about an Aveira uh, because I don't think the Chiyuv of the Rambam was literal, and it's certainly not the way it's brought down in Shulchan aruch. But you have to realize if you're not involved at all, you really are missing something, and there's a real uh, if not Chiyuv, then a hiddur uh, of Mitzvah Bo of being involved on a personal level, notwithstanding the defense for those who rely on their wives. All of this is the first, and what I had said previously may have been the simplest understanding of the Gemara and of the Din in the Shulchan aruch. However, the Shulchan Aruch HaRav, the first Lubavitch Rebbe, the Rav Baal HaTanya, and his Shulchan Aruch, here in Simon Reish Nun, in the Kuntras Achron Os Bet, he seems to take a completely different approach. He argues and suggests a chiddish that this is not, in fact, the regular din of mitzvah Bo. Rather, this is something unique to Shabbos preparations. Let me explain. Typically, the mitzvah is of a certain action to take Shabbos preparations. For example, let's say food preparation. So there's a specific mitzvah in the case of the food preparation with the uh, action here, uh, the goal being to have an enjoyable uh, Sudas Shabbos. There's a mitzvah of kavod to prepare for that on Erev Shabbos. And you know, if, as long as it gets done, the mitzvah is done. And the idea of mitzvah bo Yoser mi bashlucho says it's better to do it yourself. That is what would be a typical idea of mitzvah bo Yoser mi bashlucho. There is a mitzvah. It exists either way. It's just that it's better if you do it yourself. And as I said in the beginning of this year, the better presumably hones in on why it's better for you. It both reflects greater care and concern and passion and love for the mitzvah, and it will also impact you. Personal involvement in the mitzvah will impact you and elevate you and make you better. For both of those reasons, even though there would be a mitzvah, even if you had someone else do it for you, but we say mitzvah both. Says the Shochnach Harav, that may be true generally, but that's not what the Gemara has in mind. That's not what the Shochnach has in mind here. Because, he says, when it comes to Shabbos and the need for personal involvement, the ultimate goal isn't the result but the etzem, personal involvement. It's not that there's a mitzvah which happens either way, but there's a benefit if I'm involved. Rather, my personal involvement, that gufa, is the kavod. It's not about service and the purpose of a higher good, of helping make sure I have oneg Shabbos tomorrow when I have my meals, have a clean house tonight, tomorrow that I can enjoy and honor Shabbos with. Rather, the etzem involvement is the kavod. The personal involvement isn't a hitter, it's the actual mitzvah. Now, this is, I think, very different than what the Archon seemed to assume, and certainly what the Mishnah Brura says explicitly. I would add that, uh, perhaps I should say, uh, another way of formulating it, which I've kind of alluded to, but to make it even more crystallized, is that. The difference that's being enhanced what's is not so much in the mitzvah or is it in the person? That's the question. In general, we assume that mitzvah bo, presumably, the benefit is in the person and that's what the bura seem to be assuming. But in this case, it's not so much that it's the person, but rather the mitzvah itself is changed and enhanced because of my personal involvement. And this is either you could suggest that's not mitzvah bo, it's something else, or I think more likely, given the context of the Gemara in Kiddushin, which is definitely and explicitly discussing the idea of mitzvah bo, it seems that the dishochan ar is describing what I would call as a, a second dimension or a, a second din of mitzvah bo, there's the regular mitzvah bo, which may relate to the benefit on the person, and then there is the mitzvah bo here, which is not about the person, but about the mitzvah itself being enhanced by the personal involvement. Uh, this understanding of the sholchanach harav actually corresponds very nicely with what both the tour and sholchanach emphasized uh, in their words, which is that they both go out of their way to say that a person shouldn't say that this is a pagam in my kavod, that this is beneath my dignity to be involved in this kind of stuff. Rather, a person should realize zehu it is your kavod to be the one who's helping. It doesn't matter who you are, sweeping the floor, cutting the vegetables, whatever it is you're doing to prepare for Shabbos, that's not beneath your dignity. It is the greatest form of personal dignity to be someone who gets involved in kavod Shabbos. So you see, again, with this, line of the tour and the Shulchan that they, again, are highlighting and emphasizing the importance of the actual involvement, and not just the result of that involvement, but that somehow the involvement is is the mitzvah, or at least enhances the mitzvah itself. Uh, We should add, by the way, that based on this, clearly then, the greater the person is, the greater the kiyom and the kavod. Right? Because if it's all about your personal involvement, the fact that you were willing to be involved, then the greater you are, the greater that expression of kavod is. And I would add, it's not just for the big rabbis like the Gemara mentions, but I would even suggest that it's even for the busier you are. The busier a person is, and yet still takes time out of their busy day to help even in something. In Shabbos preparations, that's an even greater mitzvah than, um, than if someone who's less busy or has less demands on their time. Because again, it's the very fact that you are making time for Shabbos, despite who you are, despite how busy you are, that itself is the expression of kavod. The Bir Halacha here quotes a question from the Chavos Yair. Everything we've been saying, it may be all well and fine, may be very nice, but asks the Chavos Yair, why is it true? Why is it true? How is this allowed? That being involved in such menial activities to prepare for Shabbos, things which the Gemara seems to assume are a which are really all things being equal beneath their dignity. After all, asks the Chavos don't we have a rule that kavod habrios, personal dignity, is doche so a mitzvah and a Lotase even Here we're talking about something that's probably only a form of a darabonan, maybe you think it's a daraisa, but at worst it would be passive. The person wouldn't be involved in doing it. So why should this actually be allowed? Why should that be the right thing? The ref safra and refizan and Zaira and uh, whoever ref plony almoni is being involved. If it's really beneath their dignity, then they shouldn't do it at all. So the Bir Allah quotes, I believe from the Prima Primagadim, to answer this question. And that the answer is in fact that the personal involvement isn't a compromise of personal kavod, but on the contrary, it is an expression of kavod in hachinami. If we were saying there's a mitzvah and I have to be willing to compromise my kavod in order to fulfill the mitzvah, so then the Shabbos would have a good question. But says the prima says the bir it's not that shot. It's that the personal involvement honoring Shabbos is gufa the mitzvah itself, and. By you being willing to give your kavod in the service of a higher good, of Hashem's kavod, what greater kavod could there be for a person than to say that about themselves, that they're willing to compromise on their own kavod which they would otherwise maintain and uphold for the higher good, for the higher purpose of Hashem's kavod? What greater kavod could there be? Of course, the Primagodim adds, the Biralecha adds, that that is assuming that it will be nikar, that everyone who notices and sees this uh, rabbi, etc., doing the work, understands that he's doing it for Shabbos. And Hanami, he says, if, if no one would realize it, they would just think it's weird to see the rabbi doing this kind of menial labor, so then it might be akin to the halacha of Saveda, uh returning the lost object, where in certain extreme circumstances, we say if the person who found that lost object is someone for whom picking something up, carrying it, looking around for people, wouldn't be what they would usually do, maybe if, if it's really, again, I'm not sure how many people this would apply to, but if it's really beneath their dignity, then their, their potter. So maybe in such extreme examples, if it wouldn't even be nikar that you're doing it, it wouldn't it all be clear, recognizable, you're doing it for Shabbos, maybe says the Bi'er it might apply here too. But in general, especially if people realize, you know, you're, uh, they would, they're not ordinarily used to seeing the chief rabbi online at the bakery and uh, grabbing food and at the shopping uh you know, center uh, picking up drinks and I don't know, whatever the case may be. And all of a sudden you see the person or you knock on the rabbi's door and you see he's uh, mopping the floor. Ordinarily you would think that may be weird. But if it's clear he's doing it for Shabbos, especially if it's on an uh, Arab Shabbos, so then, that's the greatest honor of a person and therefore it doesn't compromise anything. So, this is in itself an interesting and important b'ir halacha, an interesting and important point to answer the Chavos question, but I think it also works very nicely with the Shulchan harav where the process, the focus is on the process and not just the result. The Sharet Tshuva here in Os Bays quotes another benefit, completely different than anything we've been seeing, um, from the Arizal. So if you uh, like a little bit of a metaphysical or a mystical idea, so Shari shared Shufa here on the page of Shulchan Arach quotes from the Arizal that there's another uh, reward, so to speak, that a person gets, that the sweat, the zeah, he says, of the person exerting themselves during Shabbos preparation, that zeah is a segula l'mechikas avonos. Somehow in reward for that effort, and literally that uh, toil and sweat, a person will be forgiven for their sins. Taviyach al-Hashem says, you worked for my Kovod, you know, I'll take care of you and your kavod. I'll make sure you're, you know, it's all good for you. So, you know, if you, uh, I wouldn't call this a halachic uh, point, but uh, certainly a nice, you know, for if we're, we're going to do, be involved in the Shabbos preparation anyway because of the halachic reasons, so, you know, perhaps why not also benefit uh, from this more metaphysical or mystical benefit in the tradition of the Arizal. Okay, that's, uh, the main point we 're going to discuss, and all of our first point, but would like to see if we can fit in uh, two other ideas. Uh, the next is something sensitive and really complicated we 'll just kind of parachute in and mention it briefly is what the Shochanach mentions in Simen Reish membes about nebuch, someone who 's in a difficult financial situation, and despite how limited the funds the funds are, excuse me, Aruch says. A person should still do whatever he can, including doing with less during the week, eating less during the week, spending less during the week, to make sure that he has at least two, if not three, Shabbos meals. The Mishnaburah quotes or the Akiva's famous teaching, Aseh Shabbat Chachol, Va'al Tetzdarech Librios. The person really um, should do what they can to make sure they can afford food for Shabbos, uh, and you know, not necessarily if they can, to avoid uh, taking charity, but just a little belt-tightening. Um, but despite the fact that says the Mishnah Brewer that that's what we generally say, but nevertheless, a person should do whatever they can to be able to afford at least the minimum meals, and the Mishnah Brewer does assume that if Nebuch Nebuch, a person is so poor that they don't have f- food for the basic Shabbos meals, then they should uh, accept what we now sometimes call Tomchei Shabbos, or uh, support from community charity organizations, in order to be able to fulfill the mitzvah of uh, Suda Shabbos. The in Beitza Zadav Tezvav uh, says something somewhat intriguing in this regard and encouraging, if we can understand it. And he says, if a person can borrow money to be able to have meals for Shabbos, then you're required to do so. And Hashem says to that person, "Bini, Lovu Alai ani Porea. Hashem says, I'll take care of it. So the Shahr here, as well as the Shmir Shabbos Kilchasa in Parak Membet, uh, bring that the post-Kim debate, the scenario that this Gemara is referring to. When is the Gemara telling a person, you borrow the money and don't worry about paying it back? God says, I'll take care of it. So some explain that that's only really talking about a case where there's a reasonable chance you'd be able to repay the loan. You have real estate or other property that if required, you could liquidate and sell to repay the loan. In those cases, the Gemara says, have confidence, you won't have to go that far. Hashem will help you and provide for you to repay the loan if you don't have anything to repay the loan then certainly it's lovah yir, lovah roshav, lovah you certainly shouldn't take out a loan you know you can't repay even worse you'll create a chil Hashem don't do that that seems like the most reasonable understanding of this Gemara but it is worth noting that uh, there are some post schemes there are others who say no the Gemara is going so far as to say you should even borrow no matter what what the trust Hashem will help you repay so you know imersh hashem this is not relevant to this level even people certainly are struggling in our day as well but hopefully hopefully it's a very very small percentage of people who would be in such a dire situation such a dire strait that this would be actually uh, actually relevant and if it is uh, certainly uh, no decisions whether the charitable ones let alone accepting loans um, certainly nothing should be decided based on this very thumbnail Sketch an overview of the discussion, but you should know that it is a discussion, and therefore would be deserving and meriting of a of a shaila chacham. Uh, ask your local rabbi uh, how to deal with this if you're in such an extreme situation. In general, for those of us, you know, thank God who aren't in either of those extremes, but still we might be, you know, conscious of our money and thinking about, you know, the expense. It's not it's not it's not, it's not cheap to be a, a from Jew. So. It's a fair enough, and again, part of maybe a larger discussion, but we should note that one who can afford food for, it for Shabbos should spend more lavishly than they would otherwise, or would for other meals, uh, because um, Chazal tell us that even though one's income is determined for the year on Rosh Hashanah, but the money that's spent on yantif, Shabbos, and children's education, etc., also there's an expression in Chazal of Hashem repaying. That, that sort of speak, comes off the top. That's not connected. So, you know how much, how literally to take that promise, and how what kind of decisions to make if you really, really don't have the money. We mentioned that's a complicated shaila. But Baruch Hashem, for most of us who do have the money, so even if we sometimes have to watch our money, you know Shabbos meals and Shabbos preparation should not be the first place we look to cut corners. That should be something that we uh, spend as, as lavishly as we can responsibly do, based on the faith that Hashem uh, gives us our resources to do good things with, including, as specifically mentioned by Chazal, preparing for Shabbos and Shabbos meals. And the last point to mention uh, in today's shir briefly is a very intriguing idea that the Mishnah Brewery in Simon quotes uh, from some achronim, and it actually goes back into the time of the Rishonim, and that is the idea that a person should make sure to taste the Shabbos food already on Friday. Get a little bit of a taste on Arab Shabbos of the Shabbos food to make sure that it'll be tasty on Shabbos, and there's a famous remez that's brought down based on the nusach of the davening on Shabbos, where we say Toameha Chayim zochu, Those who taste from it will merit lifelong life, eternal life. Toameha Chayim Zachu says Mishaburah from earlier post-scheme. This alludes to someone who tastes the food on Arab Shabbos. Perhaps the earliest source to mention all this is in the Machzor Vitri from the time of Rashi, and there the Machzor Vitri quotes. And Simen kuf aleph uh, a yerushalmi, which I don't believe we have the girsa, we don't have this in our yerushalmi, that says uh, more than that. You know, literally mamish chaim you'll actually get truly long life if you taste the food. Now, the pashtos of this is that this is a means to an end. The mitzvah is owning Shabbos to have uh, delicious food on Shabbos, and by tasting it on Arab Shabbos, we have ensured that we will have that tasty food. Interestingly, the Sharatzion here in Siv and Chet comes a safer called the Shochan Shlomo, who goes even further, has a different perspective, that the etzem ti'imah, the taste itself, might be a mitzvah. Not just that it's going to make sure that the dinner Friday night, the lunch on Shabbos morning, is tasty, it's that the taste itself is a mitzvah. What could that be? What's the pshat? How could it be a mitzvah? So perhaps, perhaps we can suggest the answer is based on an arizal, another arizal that's quoted in poskim, uh, which is not connected to onig at all, but rather says that tomer chaim that the tasting is itself a kavod, and the idea is, and I think it, you know, even though it's coming from the arizal, but I think we can understand it in a very rational, prosaic, down to earth kind of way. If an important guest was coming. You'd want to make sure everything was perfect, including the food, and therefore you would taste the food before serving it to make sure that it tasted delicious and yummy. So the very fact that you're tasting the food on Arab Shabbos, that indicates that you realize that you have a special guest. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Shabbos Malka, is your special guest. The very fact that you're going out of your way to taste the food to make sure that it'll be delicious, it's not just so that on Shabbos you have delicious food and that's an enhancement of your Shabbos experience, that's Oneg Shabbos. No, says the Arizal. It's a form of Kovo Shabbos because the very fact that you care so much that you're tasting it to make sure you get it just right is a sign that shows you understand the importance of Shabbos and the importance of having a proper meal to welcome your Shabbos guest. Uh, last but not least, the Machs of Vitri quotes from another source in Chazal, which I don't can't seem to be able to find other than the Machs of Vitri, that if the food is burnt or not tasty, something's wrong with it, don't get angry, don't be kohes at uh, the B'nai B'escha, at your, at your family members, but rather, therefore, taste the food to av- and make sure it's all good and yummy, so you don't have a situation where on Shabbos itself, only then at the meal, at the table, you realize the food is bad, and you might lose your temper and get upset. So if you taste the food before Shabbos, you can have an ounce of prevention, of being worth a pound of cure, you'll totally avoid the problem of getting triggered and angry from the bad food because you'll have avoided it from the beginning. So that's a completely different idea than anything we've seen until now and yet another dimension of this interesting halacha. So whether it's for the oneg to make sure you actually have a delicious Shabbos meal, whether it's an expression of kavod, that the fact you care so much is why you're willing to taste the food to make sure it's so perfect, or for shalom bayis, all of those and any one of those are good reasons to do everyone's favorite mitzvah, and that is to nosh a little bit, to take a little nibble of the Shabbos food even on Arab shops.